Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, everybody. Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have with me Angela Brand. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Bridget. I'm so honored to be here. I am excited. I think we're going to have a really fun conversation just based on the start of our conversation before hitting the record button. You know, Angela, I read a little bit about you on your website, which is phenomenal, by the way. And I would like to start there. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get to where you are now as a speaker? Well, I always tell people that I have been through the fire. I've been through so many different things in life. And I had this epiphany moment. But why not turn my mess into a message? Why not take my experiences and help other women not only to share their experiences, but help them over their experiences. So when they get up on the stage, they can own it. They can speak with confidence and they can inspire the world while making that income doing it. How did you decide to get to that point? When you were talking about mess and message, it reminds me of something that I talk about in one of my books. I put like these little quotes in my book. Sometimes I'll call them real talk principles or what have you. And one of them is your mess may indeed be your message, but you don't have to look a mess when you deliver it. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about just, you know, not necessarily clothing, but just how you show up body language. I mean, you can have on clothes from Walmart, Target, Kmart, but it's just about having the shoulders back and the head up and the eyes are laser focused. You know, don't don't show up looking a mess or a hot mess or what have you. So how did you decide on that? Was there something that happened? Was there something, because I know you said an epiphany uh, occurred to you. How, How did we get there? Because a lot of people will have something inside of them, but they never get there where they're actually sharing their message. How did you get there? Well, I would say I have been doing this all of my life for free. I started in the ministry. I was pastoring for four and a half years, went through a divorce, but I realized that I was still leading by bleeding. I realized that I wasn't over my daddy issues. I realized that I still needed major healing. And then that epiphany moment is when I closed the church down, I moved to Charlotte and I started my healing journey. And in that process of different exercises, my coach and counselor would give me, that's when the epiphany moment came. Okay, now that I'm dealing with this, how many other women that have been in the same situation I was in that needed to turn their mess into a message. It goes two ways. It deflects them from focusing on the mess as a crutch for let them know they're not qualified. Then on the flip side, it shows them because I've been through this, that does not mean that God can't use me to give the message. Mm. So that's my epiphany moment. (laughs) Got it, got it. 
Everybody, if you have never heard of the freckle face, Feman, uh, I'm messing this up all together. If you have never heard of the freckled face female trailblazer who is committed to train the world's next female goats, greatest of all time, of the speaking industry, well, now you have. Angela Brand is known as the girl on fire and the world's number one master fire speakers trainer. Angela helps women turn her mess into her message to make millions and reach millions. AB is the world's number one master F-I-R-E fire speaker trainer, phenomenal woman trailblazer of the year recipient in 2018 and a 13-time international best-selling author. She is on a mission to ignite the fire of one million women and will stop at nothing until her assignment is fulfilled and stands on living a full life and dying empty. Now, What's up with this FIRE <laughs> method? F-I-R-E is our acronym. Talk to us about that. So because I, just like me and a lot of other people, I've been through the FIRE, I've been through this. I wanted to redefine the FIRE in my life. I did not want the FIRE to continually to associate with pain and struggle and all those things. I needed a deeper meaning for the FIRE. So the elf and fire means I want to help that woman to speak in her feminine energy. I want to help her grace the stage in her feminine presence. Um, a lot of us, we are taught to build our business from a masculine perspective. It's all about the doing versus the allowing and the being. So that's where the elf, the I is helping her develop her own unique impact. Everybody has an impact. Everybody has something to offer the world. But the thing is, do you realize that you have an impact? The R is helping her to tap into her riches and developing rich content so that she can provide some substance for her speech. The E is all about her showing up extraordinary with an extraordinary delivery, not backing down, not shrinking back, but fully operating in her greatness so that she can set this world ablaze by speaking in her fire. Mm. The last one, showing up in an extraordinary way, definitely catches my attention because the title of one of my books is Show Up and Show Out. What do you think stops women from showing up in an extraordinary way? One is what they've been taught to shrink back, especially from a woman that's coming from the church. She's taught to be humble. She's taught to wait on God. She's taught these things about being submissive and being seen and not heard. And you don't have a voice. What goes on in the house stays in the house. So all these different layers causes her to shrink back as if she's insignificant. But I'm all about being extra. If we serve an extra extraordinary God, that means we should show up in our extraordinary way, in the extraordinary grace, the extraordinary anointing, the extraordinary boldness, the extraordinary beauty. Everything about us is extraordinary. There's nothing common to us, nothing. So why should we grace the stage in a common way like every other speaker? Why should we grace the stage in a common way like every other speaker? When I tell you that resonates with me, left, right, top, bottom, sideways, all kinds of ways, I'm telling you, I'll tell people, 
If you want to be regarded as someone who stands out, then you've got to show up and be outstanding. If you do not want to be common and forgettable, then you need to show up and be uncommon and unforgettable. So you sound like you've got all the confidence. You are able to teach and coach people to show up and show out on a stage Have you always had that confidence? Have you always been able to just get on a stage and fire it up? Yes and no. (laughs) Okay. Someone told me I wouldn't get a straightforward answer, but I thought I'd try anyway. Yes, yes and no. When I started preaching and, and doing my own women empowerment, I was so nervous that I would just start praying. And by the time I started praying, the spirit of God would hit me and I would already be at a 10. And that's where I would start speaking. So that's why I say yes and no, because of nervousness, I didn't know I was training myself to forget I existed in the moment and really allow God to use me. So that's where the yes and the no. And I didn't know that it was going to be a speaking method in a speaking way 10 plus years later. What has been one of the... I guess toughest challenges you think most people have with overcoming fears and just deciding to be a speaker or deciding to own the microphone. What's the biggest challenge? They're selfish. Talk to me more about that. (laughs) So when you think of, if you believe what you really have is important and people need what you have, You're going to put your I can't, I won't, I don't want to, I'm afraid, I'm nervous to the side and give the people what God placed inside of you freely. It's not only until you realize that, yes, I've been through these things. Yes, God gave it to me, but he gave it to me to edify and to empower other people. That I'm just a vessel that he decided to use. And because he decided to use me, that means he must have equipped me with everything that I need to be my authentic self. What some speakers try to do is try to speak like somebody else or compare their voice and their style to somebody else's. But when you're not selfish, you feel like, okay, I'm enough. God know that I I may not pronounce everything correctly. He know that I may have a little slang or he may know that your voice is light or your voice is a little bit deeper. So that means he still decided to use you. He still chose you. So for me, when people let go of the selfishness and really allow God to use them in their uniqueness, that's when you step into the realm of effectiveness. What is one of the biggest mistakes you've seen a speaker make, or it can be one that you've made, and how did you recover, or how could that person have recovered? One of the biggest mistakes, one of the biggest hiccups. On stage? On stage? It can be on stage or off stage. I want to say on stage because I have my pet peeve on stage things that a lot of speakers do is not what is it? Not having stage equity. Say that one more time. Not not having stage what? Not having stage adequate. 
Like, okay. Some, some speakers lean on the podium. Some people hold the microphone, not in a proper way. Either they speak too loudly. They're not speaking in the microphone. Um, women that have dangly bracelets hitting the podium, making the sounds. The, the, those are a lot of on-stage mistakes that irritate my soul. <laughs> Listeners, you may be thinking, really, dangly jewelry leaning on the podium, not holding the microphone properly, really? And I am going to say yes, really, because all of those small details can add up to be monumental issues for your audience, because you will have someone in the audience where they will glom on to one something, and it will completely derail them from hearing anything that you have to say your body language i'm trying to remember how i put it your <laughs> your presentation starts before you even say a word that's one thing that yeah. i will tell people your presentation starts before you even say a word so if you're already just leaning on the mic uh, leaning on the lectern already right that uh, before you even open your mouth that <laughs> makes a statement and then the other thing is your body makes a statement before your mouth even utters a word. So there's so many paths we could go down with talking about that proper management of you, your tools, and just being on that stage. But you only get it when you have the proper training. The proper, the proper training will teach you how important all those things are. In my speaking training, I'll call it your extraordinary delivery and your extraordinary presentation. All those things is a part of your message. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm going to throw this out there too, because you were saying something about not holding the microphone properly. Now, I will say this. Everybody, whenever you are a speaker at an event, I need you to ask for a lavalier microphone. I just need you to do that. Ask for one well before time. One of those nice little microphones that pins onto your lapel. Sometimes it's called a lapel mic or lavalier mic. I want you to ask for one of those because let me tell you why. I cannot remember the venue. Strangely enough, I have a thing with the dates. I can't even remember the date don't even remember the conference. I don't even remember the location, but I remember all they had was a handheld mic. And Angela, I remember my performance was severely impacted by it because I'd never, I don't know why, but I never had to use a handheld mic. And I felt so constrained with it. I wasn't gesturing like I normally do because I had, I had to hold on to the mic. So I felt handicapped. I felt like half of my body, I was not able to use it because it was devoted to holding this microphone. So my body language was constrained. My energy, therefore, was turned down a few notches and it was not my best performance. And I made, it was just a mental note right then and there. It was years ago. And again, I can't remember it. I, I don't know where I was, when it was, what it was. But I said to myself going forward, that will always be a request. 
is that I have a lavalier mic. I've got to have my hands free because that is when I'm able to full on gesture. And you're not having to worry about if I'm holding the microphone properly, if you've got that lavalier mic. So just throwing that out there, everybody. Angela, you're going to have an opportunity to ask me a question in a few minutes. But before I turn over the microphone to you, I want to ask you this. What is one of your favorite presentations to deliver and why? What's it about and why does it set you on fire? I want to say what I've been teaching during the 12 City Her Fire Tour is your six master keys to building your speaking business. And because We always look at, I'm going to give you six keys to success, six keys to this. When I start looking at the word, the master key, the master key opens every door in whatever facility. And it's only one person that has the master key. And you are the only person that have the master key to unlock some things in your life. So for me, just that revelation of using the master keys, you may have a lot of keys on your key ring, but it opens many doors. But if you have the one master key is all you need, that's going to open the doors for every area of your life. So that for me has been very life changing and transformational for the participants that have heard that message. Okay. What's your favorite thing about speaking? What what makes this industry the one that you say, this is what I want to get up and do every day regardless? Because I get to provide the aha moments for my listeners that's going to help them shift and shape their life in the next chapter of their life. Because I understand the power of words. Power of words can create, it can tear down. It can give life. It can give birth to something. And that I have the ability to give life to something in a listener that was once dead. That I have the life to speak into them that's going to cause their dreams, their ambitions to leap. That they can hear my voice and something in them can shift and see themselves from a different perspective. What's the number one question your coaches will ask you? I know you work with women all over the globe in helping them just get that fire, get that heat behind their voices and drive them to get on stages and speak their messages. What is the number one question you get or the one that is just, you know, just crops up the most? How to own a stage. (laughs) Ooh, okay. How do you do it? I mean, if you if you had to give us a crash course in 30 seconds or what are, I don't know, one or two things that everybody could do or put in place right now at their next presentation, what would it be? One or two. You are the only person to do what you do and nobody else matters when you're on that stage for 15 minutes. But what comes out of your voice? When I think I'm the only person in the world that trains speakers. So therefore, everybody has to listen to me because I am the authority. I am the authority of who I am, what I offer, and what God placed inside of me. So therefore, whatever stage I step on, it belongs to me. Period. It belongs to me. 
So because there's nobody else to talk about this, there's nobody else to get. So therefore the stage is mine. And that's my attitude when I hit every stage. This is my blah, blah stage. That's it. <laughs> In my new edition of Real Talk, what other experts won't tell you about how to make presentations that sizzle. One of the real talk principles in there is I tell people, let me think exactly how do I put it? When you are on that stage, I want you to act like you own the room. Better yet, act like you own the entire building. That is the attitude that you must have because you are the expert in that moment. If somebody else was the expert, then that person would have the microphone clipped to their, their shirt. Okay. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the only person in the world to do what I do. They can speak how I speak. They can move a crowd high. So therefore, who else can you get to speak here? Nobody but a B, period. There it's, you go. This, this is my stage. I own it and I'm going to act like it. And guess what? You're going to pay attention the full time. That's that. You want to pay attention the full time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what was that? own it. It, it, it's it's just as simple as that because I understand the riches that God placed inside of me the the wisdom he's placed inside of me the knowledge the understanding he placed inside of me so therefore I'm not competing with anybody else I decided that I was enough period so therefore yeah. they can't get nobody else to teach you how to speak with fire. They don't exist. They don't exist on this continent. This, this earth, they don't exist. <laughs> Everybody, just remember that, okay? Whatever you're speaking <laughs> on, <laughs> nobody else does it the way you do it. They don't exist, period. <laughs> they, don't, they don't exist. All right, Angela, what's your question for me? You know, I want to ask you, what do you love about speaking? Oh, what do I love about speaking? I am a totally different person when I speak. You know, a girlfriend asked me uh, at lunch a few weeks ago, uh, she said, if friends and family saw you speak, would they recognize you? And I told her, no. I get to completely transform into somebody who is up there to do a job. And that job is to turn on light bulbs, is to make people feel like they can do this. It is to make people understand that nothing and no one should ever get in the way of them feeling like and being the absolutely most unforgettable person in the room. I What I like most about speaking is I can give you 100% and do it with no regrets. Like I can just be full on the absolute best version of myself. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it just, it is this huge shift. And people are so confused, Angela, when I'm not on the stage and they've seen me present and then they, they're wanting that same electricity and excitement Huh, listen, I'm at the grocery store thumping melons. I'm not on a stage doing a presentation. I, I, I mean, well. mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you you see me at the bank. I'm just making a deposit. I'm not here to put on a show. So that they, they, they're really, and I'm an introvert as well. So people are really, really confused. And I'm just right. I'm just mellow me. I'm just I'm just rolling to the school, pick up my child from school, and head home and and make a make a snack. I, I mean, I, I I don't have anything for you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a presentation. I'm not going to whip out a slide dick and all of a sudden start doing a song and dance for you when you just randomly see me. So what I love most about speaking is I can turn up the fire and bring it and really show you what I'm made of and how it's done. That's what I love most. I I love that as well. When people see me, they're like, okay, who was that? What's your name again? Like, no, this is, this is me because, because you have judged the book by its cover and you never opened the pages to see the substance in the page. Now you're determining what I can and can't do. I've had people to walk past me. I've had people to tell me, oh, you to go on fire. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> you know, all types of things until they, they hear me speak and they're like, oh, I, I didn't know all that was inside you. I said, I know. It's not for you to know. It's for me to show you. <laughs> so exactly. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just not going to walk around and be the loudest person, you know, at whatever events or where I, I'm just, I'm just me. But when I've been given an assignment, when I've been given a job to do, uh, I'm, I'm about to do it. I'm about to crush it. Right. <laughs> I just thought about something, the question you asked me earlier, some of the mistakes that speakers make. Yeah. Off the stage, I would say the biggest mistake is not making sure their cup is full. Not making sure their cup is full. Talk to us more about that. (laughs) You think about a water bottle. If I pour the water out, then water is going to come out. But if the bottle is empty, there's nothing to pour. So therefore, when most speakers get on stage, they mind go blank because there's nothing in there. They don't know what to say next because there's nothing in there. They say ums and the filler words because they don't know what to say next. But when you're full, especially of what you're talking about, embodying your message, you will always have something to say. You will not always need your notes. You will not pause and think about what to say, that you can train yourself to use the energy of the room and what to deliver to your audience. So for me, it's always being full. If I am full, then I don't have time to be nervous. If I'm full, I don't have time to be afraid. If I am full, I don't have time to doubt myself. Am I enough? Because I am full of me and my capabilities and what I'm able to do and my excellence and my extraordinary and my fire, then I have no time to say, I don't know what to say next. I already know because I'm full. Because I took the time and made personal growth and development my number one priority. I always tell my speakers, a good speaker is a good reader, is a good listener, is a good researcher. Because if you're providing the answers and the strategies, that means that you have to get them. You have to research them and compare what works best for this group of people, what works best 
for uh, this group of people, age group of people. You can't just say, I want to just talk about this. No. Do you know it really works? Then if you do, how? And if you know how, can you teach it in a way that everybody can receive it? A couple of things about being full. I agree with you 100%. A couple of things about being full. One is practicing. It doesn't mean just getting up there winging and quote unquote speaking from the heart. Yes, speak from the heart, but make sure there's already some note, some note cards inside of your heart. So one is going to make sure that you have practiced, practiced, practiced. And I'm talking about going through your entire presentation full on like a dress rehearsal at least three times before your presentation. If you don't have the time to go through the entire presentation full on three times minimum, then at least the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. Don't waste time in front of a mirror. Read my book to find out why I say that real talk. Don't waste time practicing in front of family and friends. Read my book to find out why I say that. Get in a room by yourself and do that presentation as if your audience is right there. And again, nail the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes, if nothing else, because that way you're full at the start and you're full at the end where you really have that opportunity to give the most impact. Next thing with making sure you're full. Some people like to chat with participants in the room. They like to mix and mingle with audience members before their presentation, if the agenda is set up for that. And if that fills you up, if that gets the jitters out of you, if that builds you up, if it gives you confidence, then absolutely do that. For some people, that works really well for them. That is how they like to Others, you like to be alone. You don't want anyone talking to you. Maybe you want to meditate. Maybe you want to say a prayer. Maybe you need to listen to a song. Maybe you need to hear the song in your head. Maybe you need to do a little dance behind scenes, whatever. Or you just need to be alone. You don't need any of that. You just need to be alone with your thoughts. You've done the practice, but you still just want to be alone. If that's what fills you up and gets you ready, then do that. The next thing, Angela, you brought up teaching the audience. You have all of this great information, but you're trying to figure out how do you give it to them in a way Mm -hmm. where it is manageable, where it makes sense, where it comes out of your head and goes into their hearts in a way that they're able to take it and use it later. I used to teach professors how to teach. That was my job. And I would tell them there are three questions you must answer for your students. And the same thing goes for speakers. Your audience, those people are your students. These are the questions that you must answer. What is it? How does it work? Why does it matter? When it comes to your topic, what is your topic? Tell them what it is, what it's not. What it's similar to if it's something totally foreign, but help them make sense of it. What is it? How does it work? How how does it get into our lives? How does it move around? And then finally, and most importantly, This is what gives them a reason to listen. Why does it matter? Why does this topic matter? Why does it make a difference? Answer those three questions in some form or fashion and you've got your presentation laid out and you're full and you're ready to pour into your audience. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Angela, uh, let's see. I know you have some extraordinary literature out there. 
And one thing that I need you to make sure you let listeners know how to get to is your ebook, Six Qualities Every Female Speaker Needs to Be Transformational. Where do listeners go to get that ebook? They can go to my website at www.angelabrandenterprise.com. Everybody, go there, get the ebook, Six Qualities Every Female Speaker Needs to Be Transformational. And men, you get your copy of it too, because I guarantee you there's going to be something in there that you will learn, okay? Yes, it is a gorgeous ebook, and it has a beautiful picture of Angela on the cover. Make sure you get that. Angela, before we go, what else do listeners need to know in order to make sure that they're fired up and they're fierce and they're bold? That they are enough. I believe that is the biggest setback, and especially with a lot of speakers who don't have education, who don't have a degree, who don't have Ivy League training, who just may have a high school diploma. They are enough. My job is to help you to see how amazing and great you are as the greatest speaker of all times. That's my job. It may take a little work and a little time, but if you see yourself out of the lenses of God, then you already know that you're good enough. Circumstances may show otherwise. Society may have taught you otherwise. You may not have seen these different things in your family, your bloodline, but you got to know if you have a desire to hit the stage, you are already enough. With the adequate tools and training, you are the world's next greatest speaker. Mm. With the tools and training, you are, not might be, could be, possibly, you are the world's next greatest trainer. I'm telling you, a speaker, rather. I'm telling you, using those power words and speaking in the affirmative will make such a difference. Get rid of the wimpy words, possibly, maybe, kind of, sort of, I think, and use those power words. Angela, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. You're absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Bridget. We have to do this again. (laughs) Likewise, likewise. Yes, we must. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.